Are you ready, everybody? Because this weekend is going to be ridiculous. Euro 2020 final Italy against England on Sunday. And before that, Copa America final. Lionel Messi against Neymar. Argentina against Brazil. We got Jimmy Conrad to preview both betting tips, predictions, and so much more. Que golazo begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gago Lasso. And this is a big one. We need a Jimmy Conrad in the house. This is our Euro 2020 final and Copa America final. Jimmy Conrad in the his A. What's up, Jimmy? We are at the finish line of these two amazing tournaments. And I'm actually not quite that surprised about who's in the in the final. And it's I'm here for cool, it, though. Right? It's exciting. Yes, it's exciting. It's pretty cool. Like two, you know, on the emblem of history of football, of soccer, this is pretty cool. Italy against England and Brazil against Argentina. Unbelievable. Before we begin, by the way, uh, make sure that you also, it already came out, our Gold Cup preview where we're doing something super special. We needed some legends in that one. <laughs> so we got Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce, and they're going to be previewing uh, the tournament, we have a big preview for Gold Cup. We also have previews for USMNT matches and some recaps, uh, you know, as we look ahead and we go into the tournament. You, you, you're excited for that, Jimmy, right? Oh, I, I was. And when we did the preview, that is, I'm speaking in the past tense because it's comprehensive. We get into it. We want to make sure we gave respect to every team that was participating and tried to identify a player to watch and all that good stuff. And then, of course, we dive in hard on Mexico and, and the U.S. and Canada who are putting together, obviously, a very good national team. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I look forward to starting up a whole other tournament, Luis. I mean, we get to one end of a couple here, and we get to go all over again. So I'm excited to see, especially how our U.S. players perform. I know, and I'm excited to not really uh, be hosting. <laughs> you, need, you need to take a break. You need to take a break. I'm very tired. But, hey, you're in great hands, by the way. So make sure that you listen to Oral Gold Cup uh, content with Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce. The preview is already out, so make sure that you tune in to that one. But anyway, we begin. My goodness, what a weekend. First of all, Peru plays Colombia uh, this Friday night. Uh, for the third place spot. So just shout out to that game. But we have to really just focus. First of all, Euro 2020, Italy against England. What a game. England, obviously, a tremendous journey. Only conceded one goal. They beat Denmark in the semifinals. And Italy, I mean, what is it? 33 matches unbeaten now? 34? I've, I've lost count. But now Roberto Mancini's side heading to the final at Wembley this Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Talk to me, Jimmy Conrad. Okay, so I was going to go stat heavy. Here, Luis, and be like, go stat oh, heavy, baby. Well, back back in 1968, that's when Italy got to their first European Championship final, and that's where they beat Yugoslavia 2-0. And since then, they've been to the final twice and lost 2000 to France and 2012 to Spain. So this is obviously a big moment for them as well, as much as all the hype is going to England in their first ever European Championship final. But I was like, you know what? I don't care if these two teams last previously played on March 27th, 2018, and it was a 1-1 draw. What does that even matter now? They're in a final of a major competition. And I believe that this game's going to come down to who has the courage to take the initiative? Who has the, the courage to, to want to do something out there and, and, and play for something to win as opposed to playing for something to lose? Now, I do want to say that both of these teams, to everything that you had mentioned in the run-up to the final, are probably... The most consistent two teams throughout the tournament, 
they have an identity. I think if we look at teams in, in terms of who they are and what they're about and how they execute within that identity, both of these teams are probably the two best. So taking away all the emotion of, of a penalty or not a penalty or, or anything that happens in the, in the Spain-Italy game, these are the two best teams so far. So the fact that they're actually facing each other, which doesn't happen all the time in big tournaments because sometimes a team gets unlucky despite their domination. We're here with two of the best teams and I'm here for it. So I'm very excited to see which one will then take that next step to kind of own the game. Because as we see in finals, in all competitions and all sports, things get a little bit tighter. Managers become a lot more pragmatic. The first 10 or 15 minutes is a poking and prodding to see, oh, that's what they're doing with their tactics. We saw their lineup, but now, now we get how they're moving. And I really believe when I was a player playing in big games, a few finals, okay, but, but when I play in big games, when you have a manager who says, hey, this is how the other team's going to play, and then the lineup comes in, oh, this is definitely how they're going to play. This is how they're going to try to trap you or press you in these areas. Let's be smart here, X, Y, and Z, whatever. And you go out there in the first 10 or 15 minutes and your manager was spot on, it gives you that belief of confidence. Like, ah, I feel comfortable here. We talked about it. We visualized it. We worked through this. And if you go out there and the other team hasn't, doesn't feel as comfortable, ah, I don't, this isn't actually what our manager was talking about. We're, they're not moving like we thought they were going to move. That puts you off a little bit. So that's going to be really important in the first 10 or 15 minutes to see which team can get comfortable the quickest. Who can really, again, set the tone. I fear in a big final because of the history of both of these clubs and what's at stake and obviously England playing at Wembley for this one. I just going to see being really tight. I think we can all agree that if you're a betting person, this is probably going to be under two and a half goals through nine. A game of chess. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well said. I, I just want let's focus on Italy first. I'll, I'll just quickly run through their journey in this year 2020. We already talked about their unbeaten streak. They entered this tournament feeling very good. They opened this tournament at home and the group stages, they beat Wales. Uh, I'm sorry, they beat Turkey 3-0 in the opener. Then they beat Switzerland after that, 3-0 after that, then one nothing Wales. So they topped their group. They didn't concede a goal. Then in the round of 16, they beat Austria 2-1. It was their trickiest moment thus far at that point. And then they beat Belgium 2-1, uh, another great performance. And then after that, the semifinals, they beat Spain in penalties. And you could say that Spain really played their hearts out in the course of the action until the penalties happened. And now they face England in the final. Over that journey, Jimmy Conrad, what have you noticed out of Italy as they entered this final? What I've noticed is that they figure out ways to win games when the game's in the balance, right? There's always some types of characters and qualities that, that teams have, national teams, club teams. And I'm always impressed with the teams that figure out a way to win, even when maybe they should like that Spain game or Yarsabal had a couple good chances. You know, he's a little bit off, you know, he didn't get the ball out of his feet and, and they survive a couple things. Maybe Donnarumma makes a, a big save or two and, and then they make the plays that they need to make to win games. They're showing that and they're showing that consistently. And I think that's shown in their 33 game unbeaten streak, right? Where they, they have this now mentality of not knowing how to lose. And that is going to serve them very well when it comes to a big final. Now, obviously, England has shown a lot of similar traits. So that's what makes this game a potential classic in a lot of different ways. Even if it is a chess match, for all of us kind of tactical geeks out there, just kind of seeing how both of these managers are going to try to figure out ways to solve problems before the game, right? And then obviously, it make those adjustments uh, through, through the game and in, and in halftime and with their subs and all that. I mean, we've seen a lot of subs change games. Jack Grealish has come on and helped 
uh, England beat Germany, you know, all of a sudden these little, these little spark plugs that come in and even on the defensive side, we've seen some, some of that happen too. So it's, it's going to be fascinating and I'm here for it. But with regard to what I'm most impressed about from an intangible perspective from Italy is just that mentality of we're not going to lose and we don't know how to lose and we're going to figure out a way to get through. And, and what I like too, is that they've stuck to their, their, their lineup. They haven't, they haven't changed their, their uh, formation at all. Whereas England has tinkered with a three or a four and, and, and the wing backs and, and all that type of stuff. So I'm curious to see uh, what the formations are from an England perspective. Cause I know what we're going to get with Italy. Now it's just a matter of whether they can go out and execute. Yeah. Well, let's talk about England and their journey as they started the group stages in a very subtly, uh, you know, they got the job done, but not overly impressive. They beat Croatia one nothing in that opener. They tied against Scotland. And that was the biggest point of criticism, I think, after that game, thinking, who is this England side? After that, they had another one nothing win. So they also came out of that group without conceding a goal. And then it was the big one, the very emotional roller coaster that was the game against Germany, uh, you know, historically, uh, you know, it hadn't gone England's way, but in this time they did two nothing against Germany. And then after that, it was basically a pickup training session match against uh -huh. Ukraine. They absolutely walked all over Ukraine. And then of course the latest game, Denmark, and they beat them two one Harry Kane gets that winner. And now for the first time in their history are in a European championship final and their first major final since the 1966 World Cup. So talk to me about England and how they got here. Obviously, we have to remember that they were at Wembley the entire time, aside from one game when uh, they faced Ukraine in Rome. But, uh, you know, you could say that that didn't really bother them that much. Talk to me about England. Well, I'm going to do a shameless plug first for my prediction God status because it got confirmed. I nailed my bets, everybody, for Denmark Well, hold up, England. hold up. Oh, no, that's not it. I'll take that one, too. That one? Jimmy Conrad <laughs> got That's his bet it. right. I said Denmark was going to score first. That was really the only chance they had, I thought, to compete in that one. They made it happen off a super free kick. Maybe Pickford should have saved it, but it still hit the back of the net. That was plus 175. I said the draw after 90 minutes, plus 240. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself with regard to that one. And really, I just kind of used the tactics and, and what I thought the game or how it was going to transpire and then work backwards. And I think we'll probably end up doing the same when we get into the betting for this particular one. Now, with regard to England overall, the Scotland game is interesting for me because I remember watching that game mm. and thinking, Scotland aren't sitting back. Scotland no. are going right at England. And England didn't cope very well with that. Obviously, they didn't give up too many clear-cut chances, but... They, they had more the, shots than England in that game. They were on the back foot. England were on the back foot that game. And I think maybe that was the one game where Southgate didn't get his lineup right, maybe didn't get his tactics right. Clearly, their mentality was off. Scotland just wanted it a little bit more. So that game is interesting. You know, they, had, they did what they had to do against Wales. They were fortunate. We look back at that Germany game, we think, oh, 2-0. But Thomas Muller had a chance to make that 1-1. Now, that's a self-inflicted mistake, right? Raheem Sterling, John Stones, bit of a miscommunication, bad pass. And that led to that happening. That said, if that gets to one, one, I mean, it's all to play for here. And that's, that's the fine margins we're talking about. And right now, England has been pushing the fine margins in their direction and getting those results with regard to yesterday Ukraine. I just throw out because Ukraine looked tired and, and weren't up, <laughs> up for it. But with regard to yesterday against Denmark, I, as much as I have a big issue, it's not a big issue, but it's not a penalty. Okay, felt pretty soft. England did more than enough. They took they took it to Denmark. You know, they they were in positions to make things happen. 
a lot of what I have an issue is with Mala, who who tries to defend Raheem Sterling by himself for 30. The guy's tired. He's been tired the whole game chasing this guy down. Where's the score? Why didn't his cover come over earlier? That's one. And then secondly, why would he dive back in after he got beat when he had cover coming over? There's a whole bunch of issues I have with that. So with regard to that game, I thought England had had taken that a little bit uh, to the, but they still were still one, one after 90 minutes. So when I think about what Italy has to do, what I loved about what Denmark did, especially in the first half was they absorbed England really came out and tried to take the initiative for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Couldn't really get anything out of it. Any opportunities either were saved or, or let out to corners or whatever it is. But then when Denmark got into the game around the 15, 20 minute mark, they were, they were excellent. And where Denmark actually lost the game for me yesterday was that they gave up that, that lead. How, how long did it take England to score after they gave up a goal? I mean, a few minutes. I mean, it, let me see. Hold on, I'm going to look right now. It's, and I say, I only look at this. It took them nine minutes to get back into it. Yeah. I only look at this because when I said in the preview that Denmark needed to make England uncomfortable, they needed to hold on to that lead for a while. It wasn't like six or seven minutes. I mean, England just got the ball back and like, let's just get back after it. Yeah. If, and that's if, why in the preview, when you said that, when you correctly said that, you know, we also discussed about the fact that look, the thing that they need to do also is because England hadn't conceded up to that point, that's a strength and it can be a weakness because it can be like, what do you got now? And nine minutes is just not enough. Like you just allow them to go back in. Well, imagine if Denmark had that halftime. Right. To then adjust their score just before the break and they enter at one nothing. Right. Oh, uh, I mean, at the 30th minute, they had 15 minutes to kind of get in and lock it down. And they they went back to the back foot. And then England, which I'm, I did want to applaud, they didn't feel sorry for themselves. They just got after it. And I, I like this version it. of the English team, you know. So I always say that because if Italy can look at that and they can look at the Scotland game, I'm sure they're going to go Roberto Mancini and staff will go look at all the games and see where the vulnerabilities are, but scoring first is going to be very important. And then if they can hold on to a lead and extend that uncomfortability, I couldn't say that right because of what the hell I'm trying to say uh, over, it. over 30 minutes or 40 minutes, then that doubt starts to creep in for England. Yeah. Uh, maybe this isn't our day. And, and Denmark missed that opportunity. Yeah, there well, was obviously the big shock of them giving up a good goal, but it didn't it didn't hurt England as much as it should. If they got into halftime, though, and there would have been boos from the fans, and they would have felt it a little bit, like, here we go again. Just anxiety, that, yeah. That could have changed the, the semifinal yesterday. But but Italy's a different, different ball of wax, man. And if you give them a, a lead, they're going to be very hard to break down. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something. Italy... You deserve to be in this final. Absolutely amazing. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're an England fan, I think you're happier that you're facing Italy than you are Spain. I just think that Spain would have caused more of a problem. I'm not taking anything away. I don't even know yet. I'm still trying to figure out in my head who's going to win this. Italy, absolutely a tremendous side. But I just think that something that England may have suffered more of is this continuous uh, battle for possession. And if Spain, obviously, were better at it, they probably would have been more uncomfortable. And I just think that Italy now have to really, really look at that. Roberto Mancini, I hope he's showing that tape um, from the Spain game and saying to his team, listen, we, 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 we did well, resilient and everything, but in many ways, we were also fortunate. Uh, because we, we we really allowed Spain to be too much of Spain. I mean, think about the way that Jorginho was chasing, um, you know, the, the trio, especially Dani Olmo all day. And you could have that same similar situation with Harry Kane. He could drop deep. And so they have to really look at this and figure it out. So 
before you give me any additional comments as well, obviously after that, uh, let's go with those betting tips. So for me, you got to go under two and a half goals, not only because of these two teams and how good they are defensively, but also because that's just kind of how finals play out. It's pretty rare when you see a final that goes over two and a half, but the bookies know this and it's minus 190. If you want to bet the under, if you want to bet, God damn it, bookies. I know under two and a half. If you want to bet under one and a half, it is plus 155. I mean, I, I, I'm leaning risky. that way, to be honest. <laughs> that, feels, that feels riskier. That means you got the zero, zero and one zeros and that's it. But I, I had a sort of one nil, maybe. I, this could, I, I hate to say, I don't want this to happen, but this could go to penalties. Just, oh, it could. Well, 100%. Just 100%. because it's so tight with the nil, nil, one, nothing. Anyway, keep 100%. going with the line. So, so I'm looking at the draw on under two and a half goals. That's what I ultimately picked. Well, I just picked a straight up draw for, for Denmark, England, but I knew that one would be tight. And that's with two teams that had been scoring a lot of goals prior to that. It's just how it is. One all. I could see you, you get zero, zero, one all there. So, so draw under two and a half goals is plus two thirty. I would be looking at that. The draw overall is, let me see it back. It's just plus 200. So if you just wanted to have the draw, maybe there was some crazy 2-2 that comes out of nowhere. You have that covered. But I just think that that it should stay under. I, I just don't see how it could be otherwise. But Any there goal is, scores? Goal scores, yeah. I guess if you want to look Harry Kane, anytime, plus 190 is pretty good. Raheem Sterling, anytime, plus 333. Um, plus 333? Raheem Sterling, anytime. Yeah, anytime. What? That's what? <laughs> that's, so, 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 that's good. you know, if the referee is wearing an England jersey like he was in the semifinals, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, Harry, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Harry Kane takes the penalties. So, him anytime plus 190, you know, you just you take that into consideration. Uh, what about Italy's side? Chiesa, Italy side, Chiesa, who did kind of limp off in penalties, he was a little bit hurt, plus 450 to score anytime for him. I don't know if we'll see him start. I think there's enough time. There's about four or five days. They get an extra day of rest. I don't think it's going to really matter. No, nah, it should be. He should be fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chiro the Hero, plus 230. Who hasn't been like, you know, that. Maybe he's due. It's one of those. Yeah. Um, Insigne, plus 350. So, All right. Well, okay. So before so, so, we... Uh, well, I wanna, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I think that we should look at, we should just talk really quick yep. about half props. If you think right now the favorites are is draw in the first half, draw in the second half is plus 280. I think the draw in the first half is smart. And then if draw in the first half, England win the second half plus 450. Draw in the first half, Italy win the second half plus 500. So if you're feeling something or anything, you could actually bet both of those plus 450 and plus 500 and, and potentially come out of it. Well, first of all, I don't see any goals in the first half. I just think because it's going to be a quintessential game of chess, they're going to feel each other out. Italy's going to be very strong, uh, resilient, not bothered by the lack of possession. England, piece by piece, they're just going to try and figure this out. I, I see a nil-nil on the first time. That's what I see. Yeah, I we're on the same page. I think it's going to be tight. If you and then what happens to, in the second? Oh, if you want to go 0-0 zero, zero in the first half, hold on, I can give you that line. Plus 100. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They know it. They know it's even money, baby. I know. That's so going to happen. Hold on. Let me look at the, the totals really quick. And what's interesting is as I break this down, a lot of the same commentary 
that I'm going to use for the tightness of these games, I'm going to be able to use the same exact narrative for Argentina, Brazil, because I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of the things are going to be the same. So just keep yeah, that but in just mind. just add steroids and uh, to, to yeah, the- and a lot of yellow cards and probably <laughs> yeah. a karate chop red card. To somebody's yeah, exactly, exactly. So so the one one draws the favorite score line, exact score on William Hill plus five hundred. Italy one zero is the second favorite, and England one zero is the second favorite plus six hundred for both of those, and then the draw zero zero is plus six fifty. <clears throat> so. You could theoretically bet all four of those and still make money if you bet the same amount, obviously. So if you bet yeah. 10 bucks on one, 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 zero, either way and zero, zero, you get uh, be plus 500, plus 600, plus 650. All right. I don't That's know. I'm just throwing that out there because there are certain ways that you can play this and wager that you could cover your, your butt a little bit uh, <laughs> and, and not always be, you know, that maybe take your, your emotion out of it and kind of look at this as pragmatically uh, as you possibly can. And also I taking a lot right. of history in, into consideration and how these two teams play in particular. So, yep. just- no, very, very good, very good advice as well. And by the way, experience does come into this because we did mention England's first ever European Championship final, the first final since 1966. This is Italy's 10th major tournament final six world cups four euros uh with only germany having more so there is something to be said about experience even you, though you even know my favorite part about my bets is, for italy yeah no, go it ahead. has been a renaissance my favorite part about the bets luis is that i haven't picked a winner i'm just canvassing everything there's a lot of pressure well can you see why i'm like dilly dally i don't really want to this all right tell me what do you think I'm going to okay. go draw. I'm going to say draw it under two and a half goals. I'll say with that plus 230. And then just like I said for England, Denmark, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I do remember mentioning that England will probably have enough because they just have a little bit more depth and and that matters. But when we look at both of these teams, Italy and England stack up pretty nice and they both have a lot of depth that they can bring off the bench in, in big moments and make a difference. We've seen it from from both sides. Yep, I agree 100%. I don't want this to go to penalties too, by the way, um, because then my thinking would be different. So, uh, but anyway, that's our Euro 2020 final Italy against England Sunday, 3 PM Eastern. By the way, I'm going to be on HQ with Poppy Miller as well in as well. So, and Jimmy Conrad will be part of our recap. And by the way, Jimmy, you're a busy man, man. Cause I got to remind everybody the gold cup preview and, uh, we're going to take a break soon for Copa America, but I know you had one more thing to say before we take I, a break. I do. If the match goes to penalties, it's plus don't, 400. Don't say it. What is plus it? Plus 400. Plus 400. If you want oh. to bet that. Well, match, okay. Match so match goes to penalties. There you go. There you go. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Copa America, Super Clásico de las Américas, Brasil against Argentina. We will be right back. Hey, Jimmy, guess what? What? <laughs> it's our 10th month of existence here at Kegolasopod. Only 10 months. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Amazing. But guess what's even more amazing? Only 10 months in and we're already been nominated for an award by the good oh. people at People's Choice Podcast. How cool is that? That's unbelievable. Like 10 months in and we're already nominated. So is my mom is my mom part of that? <laughs> your mom and my her mom? whole like her whole They're book her reading friends. club. Yeah, they all just <laughs> They're all no. part of the people choice. You know what? I love you, mom. Thank you so much. Hey, what Jimmy, I, I, I also called up Peru, the entire country to, uh, <laughs> to do as well. I, I had to Venmo them a lot of money, but still it made it happen. But anyway, thank you so much, everybody. We are finalists for the sports category of the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And we really appreciate all of you. 
Uh, and we hope you enjoy our show enough to nominate us to advance to the final round. And to do it, you know, just uh, head over to podcastawards.com forward slash app forward slash sign up and then go all the way down to the sports category. And guess what? If you just go all the way down, we're right there. Que golazo. And all who, just who are do, we playing? Who are we playing in the knockout? Oh, round? there's so many. It's like so many, but they don't even matter. Like we, we just need to be nominated and clear. Oh, we got some Germans, some Italians. Who are we yeah. trying to take down? Brazilians, Colombians. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. We got some stiff competition. Please vote for us. But please vote for us. And we really appreciate you. I mean, listen, we've been 10 months doing this. That's it. And we are already growing so much. Thanks to the beautiful genius of folks like Jimmy Conrad, our producer, Lisa Roman, Heath Pierce, James Ben, Jonathan Johnson, just so many people. Fabrizio Romano, of course. So thank you so much. So sign up, People's Choice Awards. Vote for us a million times. Get your family to do it. Jimmy, so good, right? Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you, guys. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kigo Lasso. And we are now moving to South America. Sudamérica, Brazil against Argentina, the Copa America final. This, my friends, listen, just if you can't watch it, DVR it, do something. I have to tell you something. I know I'm a little biased being South American, but this is honestly the most ridiculous game, Jimmy Conrad. Um, I just want to give Jimmy um, a little history for everybody, okay? Please, please, please. This game has been going on for years and years and years, obviously, ever since the turn of the uh, 20th century. Uh, just a few games just to show how ridiculous this matchup is. In 1937, when they met up, Argentina was convincingly better than Brazil, and Brazilians were so embarrassed, they left the pitch before the game was finished because they were so afraid of that. the retaliation. In uh, 1939, by the way, Argentina were on their way to winning, and then uh, Brazil, uh, and then it was, but then Brazil scored, it was equalized, and then the ref gave a penalty at the very last moments, and Argentina were so angry that they left before the penalty was to be taken. So Brazil took an open goal penalty. They won 3-2. Then, of course, there's a... That's, 19... what, De that's what Denmark should have done. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? The 1978 World Cup, Jimmy, the Battle of Rosario, where uh, it was uh, a very tight affair because they were all you know, trying to get into the next group. Obviously, Argentina ended up winning the World Cup. Very tight game. The 1990 World Cup, that's the holy water scandal. That's my favorite one, right? Where basically a player was injured during the game. Um, this is when Claudio Canigia scored a goal, by the way. A player was injured during the game, an Argentinian player. A Brazilian player, Blanco, came over to the Argentinian training site to get a water, right? To get a drink. And minutes later, blamed the Argentinian side of putting tranquilizers in the water. <laughs> uh, and making him feel dizzy, uh, dozy. Years later, Maradona in his show admitted that, yeah, maybe they put something to make him feel dizzy. Can you? That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And obviously, the 2007, uh, we fast forward all the way to the 2007 Copa America final when Brazil beat Argentina 3 0. That's the last time these two played in a Copa America final. Lionel Messi's first ever Copa America. That was my only Copa America as well. That, that's when you <laughs> tackled him, right? That's right. Yeah, see, there you go. Jimmy's right there and part of that narrative. Um, but I really feel like I helped propel Messi to greatness. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to let some gringo tackle me like that anymore. <laughs> well, you did. Listen, it's an amazing thing. But that was the one that Brazil won 3 nothing, And now they return. Messi has never won the Copa America final. He's never won a World Cup, but specifically the Copa America. And neither has Neymar, by the way. And now they meet on Saturday night. Jimmy Conrad, talk to me about this game. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about this one player. Everybody knows Leo Messi. He has already broken some records at the Copa America. Okay. He's got the most appearances for Argentina. He just surpassed Javier Mascherano. And then he's also the first Argentine to feature at six Copa Americas. Okay. So this is what he's already done so far in the tournament. He's already provided more assists in a single tournament than any other player in the history of this. As you can tell, very extensive and historic tournament. Now he can still break or touch a couple records in the final. One, he's going to get the joint most appearances in Copa America history. He's going to tie that with uh, Chile's Sergio Livingstone, which is a pretty cool name, by the what way. What an awesome name. Way name. And then the most goals in Copa America history. So he's got four goals in six matches, and Messi now has 13 in the six editions he's played in. So he's four goals short of touching Zazinho. He's going to need a lot of goals. He's probably not going to get uh, – they have 17. He's going to need four. I don't think he's scoring against four, but he has the opportunity, I suppose – theoretically to potentially yeah. uh, have it's not going to happen, but yeah, there's a shot. Yeah. But it's just, it's just another sign of this guy's greatness. And my fear is that he's just a nearly man when it comes to big finals with this country, he's been in three. I was at all three. So maybe I'm the jinx and maybe he'll win now because I'm not there, but all three of those games were zero, zero after 90 minutes, they lost an extra time to Germany and lost in penalties twice to Chile. So, the draw zero zero. I'm just going to get right into the bets for exact scores is plus five fifty. And when I think about it, Argentina have given up three goals in six games, so they've been pretty good defensively. Obviously, uh, Emmy Martinez and goal has been next level. I Say believe that, that again, brother. Messi. I think Messi called him uh, a genius uh, after phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. yeah after the yeah. game, which is awesome. Brazil have only given up two goals in six games, and they have the luxury, everybody, of either picking Ederson or Allison as their goalkeeper, which feels really unfair. Doesn't oh, seem how right. tough! Oh, how tough! My wallet's too small for my fifty. <laughs> so very similar. I'll just kind of roll my bets in a little bit because I have it written down in my notes. The draw and under two and a half goals here is plus two forty. I think we can make a strong case for that, and then see what happens in in extra time and or penalties. But Messi's never scored in one of these finals, Luis. He's due. Is he not due? I feel like he's due. So he's for him due. to score any time is plus 140. William Hill is teasing me right now. They're throwing some bait out there. They want me to bite, and I might bite. But Messi to score any time, or excuse me, score first is plus 400. And wow. he might be the only goal scorer of the game. He might be the only goal scorer. Uh, you know what I mean? So for him to score any time or score first plus 400 isn't too shabby, but He's also been setting up a lot of goals, as I mentioned. So he's got, he leads the tournament in goals and assists. So he could probably do both. And I don't know. I just like that value a lot. Yeah. That said, when I look at the team pound for pounds, Brazil seems a little bit more, let's say France-like where they're, they've got depth in every position and it, it's, it's going to be interesting. And when you can have a back four, like they have, and they have a double pivot of Casemiro and Fred is who they're going with. Fabinho can't even get into the team. That's I, that's stupid. You know, like Ederson or Allison can't get into the team. Fabinho can't get into the team. Uh, it's It just makes you wonder how and where Argentina are going to stack it up. But let's leave all the stats out. Like I said about England and Italy, this game is going to be shithouse three times a thousand, Luis. I mean, this is, this is the two teams that... Let's bring emotion into it is ultimately what I want to do. They're not going to allow each other to establish a rhythm. We're going to see a lot of fouls. We're going to see a lot of chippiness. It, it's, going to be, it's going to be up to the referee to decide if he's going to have the courage to give out cards or potentially even a red in this one. I do think it could be, it's going to be, it's going to be tight. And it's going to be, it's not going to be that 3-0 that we saw in 2007. It, it's going to be a lot tighter than that. And 
I don't know. I don't know where you're leaning on this, but but I just think there's going to be a lot of rolling around. But that's part of people are like, oh, I mean, I that like happens the, anyway. But I, yeah, like, I don't like the diving. And co- it's part of the game, man. It's just part of the theatrics. It's part yeah, of what. Just shut up if you don't like that, please. Like, whatever. I mean, I mean, I understand. There's some agree egregious diving at times, but it's just kind of how they express themselves when they play. Everybody has their own style. Wherever you grew up, you have a certain style, and there, they just like to milk it a little bit. It's just it's part of what I think makes it fun for them. Right? Everybody plays for a reason something taps there's something about the game people like the dribble some people like the pass some people like the combine others like to score i like to frustrate people so i played defense you know so but there's people that like they want to add to it they want to add that that pageantry to it and that's just how the game is developed down in south america more often than not even though we see diving everywhere <coughs> yeah it's <laughs> early. it happens everywhere <laughs> anyway all right so, jimmy so, we get okay. it all right i'm just kidding but uh but Anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts. Obviously, you have been really, really paying attention to this, and I'm sorry your Peruvians lost only 1-0 to Brazil. I thought that you guys put up a good fight. Yeah, no, um, I think uh, everything you said is, is bang on point. I'm looking at that draw. Uh, it, this, just any draw, right? Not, it doesn't have to be a stalemate. It can be like one all, 2 all, because I am thinking this is going to go to extra time. Um, I just don't know. How many results? I'm not sure if it'll stay nil now. I just just because it's uh, such a heated rivalry, and there yeah, might be. I, I agree with you on that. Um, bookings 100. You're gonna see them everywhere. A, a draws plus 210. So I went to go look for bookings on William Hill, and they smartly didn't give them to me last night. But it looks like no, they're not gonna give me any bookings. Well, pay attention to that all the way leading up to the final because yeah. they, they, it will be contentious this game. 100. By the way, my wife. <laughs> Oh, Mendy for sure getting a yellow. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? oh, everybody. And Neymar, come on, he's gonna draw a yellow card. Yeah, that's oh. true. That's true. I mean, Casemiro and Fred. I mean, pick your, you can pick both probably and hit both. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's gonna be a plethora. It's gonna be you raining yellow cards. I'm telling <laughs> you right now. But hey, listen, my wife uh, texted me as we were taping. Jimmy's reminding me uh, she made a good point. Uh, I'm creating a a monster here, uh, but she made a very good point here about Messi and how you know. Part of the thing is that I think Messi obviously feels the pressure of the national team issues. You know what happened when they lost to Chile, you know, and then in the dressing room, he's like, I'm done with the national team and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. I wonder if not having fans will help him. I wonder if that might be a thing, you know, where especially because it's in Brazil and now all you're focusing on is what's happening in front of you. Uh, you know, he's the professional, the best player in the world, arguably. So, you know, you know, there's so many other components that you can add, but my wife makes a good point. I think that maybe, you know, just not having fans, is that, a, is that something that helps him or something that's an added bonus for either team? So that's something to watch out for, I, I think. But no, I think that comes into it for sure. I think she makes a good point. Also, we didn't really talk about this game being in Brazil. The fact that the tournament was supposed to be in Argentina and now it's in Brazil and now they're right. facing each other in the final and Argentina, if they win in Brazil, I mean, that is, that's pretty sacred. That's huge, my <laughs> friend. Yeah, there was I, a moment, I, I can remember can be, what year. That could be a little, uh, a little testy there. Listen, I can't remember what year it was, when, but um, I remember when Brazil and Argentina were playing once again and Brazil were so confident they were going to beat Argentina. They had a carnival ready in Brazil. Everything was set and it didn't happen and it was just like, a scene from like a scary movie, which is dead. So the environment does pay to it. All right. Let me just say this, Jimmy. Shoot, shoot. Leading up to the qualifiers of Russia in 2018, a very important narrative happened. Brazil 
under Coach Chiche, are clearly by far the best team in South America by a lot. Okay. By a lot, even before entering this tournament. There were moments, there's been moments in this tournament where they haven't exactly shown that they're incredible, but that's just testament to how good they are. They don't have to be incredible to seamlessly make it to the final. They beat Chile with 10 men for a very large part of the time. They held on against Peru, who were, I think, better in the second half and did enough. Right. And over the course of this tournament, they have shown that they don't need to be at 150% to get to the final. And I feel that Coach Chiche's message here, and to your point about the depth that they have, you know, I mean, we're talking about Roberto Firmino, you know, Allison, all these players that just can't get Vinicius Jr. hasn't even seen like the pitch pretty much. You know, these, this is a team that's so well rounded. And as much as we're talking about Messi, Neymar, has been freaking amazing in this tournament. Like he's done some things that have been annoying, obviously, because he's Neymar. But I'm telling you, if you watch the reel of the things that he has done to hold the ball, create chances, score goals, just inspire this, because he wasn't there in 2019 because he was injured. Mm -hmm. So he wants this as well at home, just as much as Lionel Messi. So that's another component. So on paper, Brazil should win this. Brazil are better. I think Brazil are better. Pound for pound, Brazil are a better team. But it's a final, and that's where you sometimes have to throw some of the stats out. We've seen Messi come into a final feeling pretty good about himself before, and then necessarily go into a shell, but not really take the game, right? If you want to be considered the greatest of all time, you got to be present in the final, right? You have to be driving things. And we've seen him not necessarily reluctant. I've been, I was at those three finals, so I got to watch him. I was there in person, but he didn't yeah. really put his, he didn't put his stamp on the game. Like, we know that he can. And I know his bar, like I was talking to the, somebody about the ball on door. Messi should potentially be, especially if he wins the Copa America, should be in the conversation for winning it. Him and Lewandowski, for me, are like really the only two candidates. But his bar is so high. Like, if anybody had the numbers that Messi has, they would be almost a shoe in to win the ball on door. But because it's Messi, you're like, well, he does that every season, you know? Right. And, and he's a victim of his own success. So, so with regard, though, to finals, he has to put his stamp on this game in a way that, that it's clear that he actually, not said he didn't give everything he had before. Of course he is, but he just didn't have that influence. And sometimes he has to rely on his teammates because there's so much attention to him. He's actually making good passes, <clears throat> looking at you, Gonzalo Higuain and, and other players just aren't <laughs> taking advantage of that space. That's been afforded to them because there's so much attention going to Messi. So yes, it's not going to be all on him. You can't win a team trophy without some individual, you know, some other other players or everybody stepping up. You can't win it by yourself. And to that point, you know, next to him, Lautaro Martinez, Rodrigo de Paul right behind him. Paredes has been very good in this tournament. Emiliano Martinez, you mentioned, uh, you know, a revelation. And that back four has really solidified. Uh, Scaloni deserves a lot of credit for, for how Argentina are doing, especially in this tournament. I mean, you know, their journey ha- has shown how, how, how good they can be. I think that Emiliano Martinez was clearly the hero in the last game against Colombia. But before that, any other game, Argentina, aside from the draw with Chile in the opening game, they have looked solid, especially at the back. Yes, but that's my biggest concern with Argentina is their back line. Against Brazil, especially, yeah. Otamendi, like we all know he's a mistake waiting to happen. Tagliafico, if he's playing at left back, doesn't always do the the full defensive work that you need. He's very good going forward. But then you got Pizzella, who I think has been solid. You got Molina. 
you got options there, of course, for Argentina. And this is their back four against Colombia. But yeah, that's that's always for me their biggest concern. They don't have those out and out stud center backs that maybe they once had and you know Bobby Ayala and, and those guys that you just knew were gonna lock things down and make it pretty difficult. That said, though, we have a lot of similar players that were part of these three finals prior, and each one of them, I'm going to reiterate it, went to 0-0 after 90 minutes. Mm. I just think things get a little bit tighter in finals, no matter who you are and who's on your team, Messi and Neymar. But when I look at the back line, and I bring up the back line, because when I look at Brazil's back line, they are ridiculous, Luis. I mean, Danilo, Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, Renan uh, Lodi from Atletico Madrid, if he ends up playing, it can be it could be Alexandro, it could be a whole bunch of other players. You know, you could go with a back three and put Militao in there if you wanted and have some wing backs. And I just feel like that could prove to be the difference. Yep. So so I don't know. I, I'm leaning if I if I had to pick an out and out winner that I thought would win, I'd say I'd lean towards Brazil. Uh, with all due respect to Messi, I do want to say I like I have an emotional attachment. I want to see Messi just win something with this country so everybody can just shut up about who the greatest of all time <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. But but <laughs> but uh and then of course now I say that and there's gonna be some haters like, oh, it wasn't a real Copa America. Well, there's no fans there, you know. You can just see the whole narrative coming. Yeah. But but I just think pound for pound, if both teams played to their potential. I think Brazil would probably edge out. That said, I'm betting the draw. <laughs> Plus two ten. Going to go to extra it. time, and then from there, who knows? But but well, I, I see. I, that's I, what I, like I see happening. Ninety minutes. Well, that's what I see happening. I see that happening. And listen, remember what I said at the very beginning. On paper, Brazil should win this. On paper, but but anything is possible in a final, especially in a Super Clasico de las Americas. And you never know with Lionel Messi, but I do like the, the draw after 90 minutes. I think that that's where I'm leaning as well. All right. So, well, listen, there you have it, everybody. You, <laughs> one, look, once again, you cannot complain, okay? If you complain, I'm really mad. In fact, do the opposite. Nominate us for, for an <laughs> award. Say, if you're going to go complain, we have a perfect place where you can go make that happen. You just go vote for us as to why your favorite podcast. Exactly. A couple clicks. <laughs> exactly. And uh, anyway, so that's it. Jimmy, by the way, and Heath on Gold Cup. And Jimmy will return for the recap of both of uh, these finals as well. Uh, final words, Jimmy Conrad, as we look ahead to what's going to be a really ridiculous uh, fi- uh, weekend. We're going to see history. We're, we're, it's it's impossible for us not to somewhere see yeah. somebody's gonna somebody's gonna have something historic happen either in, on an individual level looking at Messi or Neymar winning his first Copa America uh, or England's gonna win their first Euro Italy's gonna win their first in '68 like there's just there's a lot of history uh, this weekend and I I'm glad we get to talk about it with you guys and of course I can't wait to recap and and talk about all the history that we did see. We're going to see history. Let's end it just like that. Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, LME. Thank you, everybody, for all of your continued support and love over these 10 months. I cannot wait for the future. It's going to be amazing. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as well. We're on Spotify. Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Golasso, and your CBS Sports app and cbsports.com. Enjoy this weekend. It's going to be ridiculous. And don't forget about the other episodes that we have coming up and already there. Have a great, great rest of your day. 